Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 81. I'm Michael John Simpson. This episode is sponsored by WhedonCon. Are you a Joss Whedon fan? Then come check out WhedonCon 2017 in Los Angeles, May 19th through the 21st. Single day and all weekend tickets are available now at WhedonCon.com. This episode features producer, writer, actress, model, cosplayer, and singer Jennifer Zhang. Jennifer is promoting her upcoming album, Emotion. We talked about music, comics, fandom, movies, TV, and video games. I'm a real nerd! Here's episode 81 of the Something Something Experience. Yeah, that was one of the other things, too, is, is my co-host moved on, and so... Um, and 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 to go and do other things and it's like okay that you know that's fine and mm-hmm. and we're still friends and and still see each other on a re- semi-regular basis but mm-hmm. it was just one of those things where i don't know i just wasn't i don't know i was just kind of like in a demoralized state oh, no. part of it was like political some of it was like personal stuff that was going on and and other things so how long did it take you to pull yourself out uh, it was like after the first of the year uh andrew um put a post on Facebook that said, um, uh, you know, turn off, everybody was griping and grumbling about the election and, and the, after the first of the year, and it was around the time of the inauguration, and uh-huh. Andrew's like, you know, turn off Facebook, turn off the TV and radio, and go out and create, let's create something. You'll okay. feel, and I was Good just man. like, yeah, you know, and, and every podcast I listen to is like, create your thing, do your thing, make your thing, and it was just like, yeah, I need to be yeah. doing that. And so I was like, so I just put out that blast on Facebook and said, hey, everybody, I'm going to start the podcast up again. Who wants to go? And actually, the last time I saw Greg Proops was at a sh- one of his shows in, I was the last one I went to was like in December. And he's just like, yeah, how's your podcast? And I'm like, I haven't, I've been in kind of a haze for yeah. the summer. And he goes, goes, well, when you get ready, I'll, I'll be on again. So I've been trying to get him back nice. on, but he's busy. So thank you for bringing Very me nice. a donut. No, no problem. I've been watching Twin Peaks. Uh, uh, all over again, again for the, like the twelfth time, all the way through, uh-huh. and all the donuts and coffee and everything. Oh, I so. haven't seen Twin Peaks. Oh, Always mean to. It's so good. Let me turn this off because my social media. Oh my God, stop! Is mm-hmm. nonstop and, and horrible, and I don't know most of these people. Mm-hmm, yeah. They're all like the most vocal ones are the ones that are like across the country that I've never met in my life, and I have mm-hmm. no idea how they. Do you mind if I take a selfie? It'll Not at all. Before. Yeah, Maybe. selfie time with the donuts. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, so we met at um, we met ages and ages ago at Ground Control, and, and I hadn't been back since they moved. Oh no! Well, they they're gone now. I mean, yeah, Ground I Control ended, but um, I was there on the very last night. Mm-hmm. But we met. Um, we're, we have mutual friends with uh, uh, Coleman. Yeah, Michael Coleman. Yeah. He's been on the podcast too. Andrew's nice. been on the podcast. Eric Shriek's been on the podcast. Nice. So, so many everybody. of the people that so many people we know. Yeah. But you and I were Facebook friends. God probably like for three or four years now and I've always been watching all your cosplay stuff and your little acting things and the, the, the little short short films that you've done I have to say and I don't I'm not I'm not well sometimes I'm subject to um, uh, guilty of shameless flattery but I think that your Batgirl outfit is one of the best I've ever seen well thank it you it really is it really, really? is but I've always mm-hmm. been interested seeing the things that you go through uh, as a woman, as a person of color, and and just kind of in the cosplay world, which can be very 
white and very precious very and very like, oh no, everything has to be done a certain way or it's no good. And everyone and also has an opinion, if you're a person of color, what you can and cannot do. What you're allowed to do. Right, right, right. Ridiculous. 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 Yeah. I, yeah. And I, being, I go to the Gallifrey One convention, mm. been going for years and years and years, and the thing that, that warms my heart is all the crossplay. All the, you know, nice. traditionally yeah. male characters that are uh, cosplayed by females and vice versa, and tra- trans people and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I love all of that. I love, I'm very much of the opinion, if you want to, if you want to, if you're like a, you know, a, a black Jewish lesbian, and you want to play Superman? Go for it. You know, do go whatever, whatever you want to do. Right. Wow. So, where are the rules written? Right. <laughs> like it's really right. Where's it written down? Hilarious. Here we go. We're totally eating on the podcast. Um, we are we actually recording? Now? Oh yeah, we've been going for five minutes, four oh, minutes. Oh no. So. Oh yeah. No, I wasn't one. <laughs> where? It would have been way funnier, and maybe I would have chewed my mouth closed more. There's no pop, there's no pomp and circumstance. It's all just uh, just uh, natural conversation. So. Okay. Because when you say, "Oh, we're starting the podcast now," people like turn their game face on, and I'm. This is much more about like realistic human conversation. So. Sure. Um, Not to infringe upon the copyright of human conversation. No, and you know what? I would have chosen a donut that didn't have fruity pebbles all over the top. Just crunch, 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 crunch. Right. No, that's really cool though. So where does this place? Where is this place called? DK's Donuts. DK's Donuts. It's it's horrible. Yeah. So I used to. I mean, it's amazing, but I used to do some really obsessive running mm-hmm. up and down the street. Um, just because I was, I, I went through a breakup. I really didn't know what I was going to do next. So I was like, I'll just run. I'll run all my energy off. And I was running a lot. Mm-hmm. I was running too much. I was mm. running like two ni- two hours a night. Oh, wow. And this place is right near my house. Mm-hmm. And I'd run by every night. But, like, you know, I was very super conscious of the fact that I just ran off like maybe four to 500 calories or however many calories. And I'm like, if I stop at this donut place, I'm going to undo everything that I just did. So I'd go in. It was my nightly ritual. I would go in, like all sweaty, mm-hmm. look at the donuts and then walk away. Mm. They thought I was a psycho. Mm. Now, now I just fucking go in and buy, <laughs> buy donuts right. like, right. like normie. Get me a fucking donut yeah. right now. God damn it. Uh, right. <laughs> so you were saying... Uh, <clears throat> I'm finish swallowing. So you were saying that you had um, you got booked for a, um, an athletic wear yeah. g- gear gig and then it got canceled because mm. of the rain. So you're like, fuck it, I'm having donuts Hell today. Hell yeah. It, it's even, even more uh, intimidating than that. I, um, I, I got... Contacted by a, uh, it's like the top fitness modeling agency in the country. Agency in the country. Cool. I thought it was a joke. I mean, because when they, because I was literally sitting on the floor of my living room eating a jar of uh, cookie butter oh, with wow. a spoon, <laughs> right? Like, oh, cookie butter. Yeah. that's not allowed in our house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a problem. It's a problem. Just sitting there going to town, and I get this call, mouthful of cookie butter, and it's like we're from the naturally fit agencies. What mm-hmm, they're called. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, like ninja Googling while I'm talking to her to see who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're the f- number one. They're the first result. Like, if you type in fitness modeling agency. Oh, wow. So I, I thought for certain there was some kind of misunderstanding. Sure. And when they called me in and I went in for the meeting, I was certain at that point, definitely misunderstanding. Because I'm sitting there with a contestant from America's Next Top Model and, like, an MMA fighter that is actually recognizable. Like, I saw her and I was like, I've seen her fight. Oh, wow. Um, and, like, a guy who was, like, a um, like a fitness competitor, like, competition, muscle-bound, like, sure. hunky dude, giggly, 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 giggly. I was giggly because giggly. Giggly. <laughs> um, 
Um, but um, that's going to be the tagline for this one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is some kind of joke. Mm-hmm. This is because there's those people in me. Um, but they signed me. So from that moment, I had just been dieting and dieting because today was supposed to be when I was supposed to take my agency photos, like the photos that go on the website mm-hmm, to be like, this mm-hmm. is one of our the people we represent, blah, blah, blah. So I've been trying to get real cut down the middle, mm-hmm. you know, try to get shredded, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. try to pretty ripped. Well, you do pretty well. I mean, I <laughs> saw those recent pictures of you, those ones where you're doing all the kicks, oh, yeah. <laughs> kicks and stretches and stuff. You got you got some mad gains, bro. Thank you. I am too. I'm, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, but as soon as they canceled... I was like donuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and thank you for the donut. I love I love Bavarian cream. No, it's I hope it's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. But you, um, mm-hmm. I've always liked your. You just have this um this kind of like powerful fierceness to you, oh, and it just you. really comes through in every yeah. all your work and all the things and your attitude. You just have this real just like like. I'm like because because there's things that you've like said that oh somebody in the industry says that I'm too this or I'm not enough that and not like mm-hmm. and and you're just like fuck you I'm gonna fuck do you. what I'm doing it yeah and I mean you've done cosplaying acting you've done some writing too mm-hmm. producing directing um, music now you're getting into music as well directing is the one that I've not done. okay okay that's- actually and and it's a very it's actually so common a mistake I won an award as like best director at a at a film festival. Oh wow. But I was like I didn't direct this film. Oh wow. <laughs> they just made the assumption cuz I didn't I had done everything else at mm-hmm. the fest I had done mm-hmm. everything else for the film the producing and the writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they just assumed I directed it too, but that's like the one um, area that I'm really happy and I kind of get off on um, handing the reins over to somebody else in that way. Like mm-hmm. I love as a writer I love you know, uh, creating a narrative and like having the visuals that I have in my head, but then seeing um, how my writing is interpreted by somebody else into oh, a yeah. visual narrative. Cool. And um, always, right? I'm surprised by what comes, how someone else like interprets what I've done. And so, um, the music video is. Uh, I, I have a new single coming out soon, um, and the music video for it was one thing where I had written the song as like a really sad song about like hopelessness and the lyrics I felt like really reflected that and then I handed all that over to the director of the music video a beautiful lovely girl named April Choi Asian American female director awesome nice. um, and when she heard the song the visual that she came up with all the visuals that she wanted in the music video were all like uplifting and hopeful mm. because she saw the lyrics that were really meant to be like you know kind of revelatory in a sad way she saw it as somebody finally able to, finally being able to like to, like the through through the revelations, she's being set free and liberated from like all the sadness. Mm. I was like, I had not even thought of it that way. And you know, you don't get things like that until you're willing to take your creative uh, your creative products and like let someone else have at them. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's scary. Yeah, but it's I get off on it. I like it. That's so, cool. So I don't direct. That's okay, all right. Yet, <laughs> no, yet for sure. <laughs> would, would you be interested in taking somebody else's material and you being the one who, who directs who, it? Who directs it? No, no probably no. not. I just don't no. have that itch. You're more the creative, like like source material, creative. Yes. Or the acting. Yes. Do you now do you act your stuff or other people stuff or both or both both these days I, I used to um, only act in like dumb little sketches and stuff and like YouTube videos that I made mm-hmm. but um, more and more people have been contacting me to to be in their videos and then I enjoy that right there's a lot less pressure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really indulgent it really is yeah like I don't know I don't know the talent in this city 
understands how like people who who are just actors understand how lucky they are right to not have to deal with all these things that are not fun mm. for which the effort is completely unsung mm-hmm. in the final product they get to just play dress up and pretend yeah which, yeah. which I'm not bashing on the craft it certainly is like you know that talent like those people certainly work at it to be oh, good yeah. and they put Without themselves pressure. through the ringer to yeah. to be in the moment and, and to feel those emotions but i mean if you're talking about being on a set they are so pampered they have no idea mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and to be catered to on that level like you know as, as somebody who has to cater to talent uh for most of my professional life and stuff like being able to be talent every now and then you just really end up appreciating it oh you're like, yeah you're like my god i don't have to do anything and you're sitting there and you're watching everybody like stressed out and you're like, I know what they're stressing out about, but not well, that, today, the, not well, for me. We would think that would inform you how you treat them and how, how Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I'm never, I'm never a bitch to anybody on a set. Yeah. Like the, the stuff that, that they've gone through to get there to at that, like to get everything together for that moment in that day, mm-hmm. astronomical amounts mm-hmm. of work. Mm-hmm. Right, so to to be a nightmare on set is just ridiculous. Yeah, and you know I've dealt with nightmare nightmare talent. We all have, right? right sure. And um, and you know what the aftermath is for that as the person who you know is constantly in a position to either recommend them or their name comes up somewhere else, and you, you all you have to tell is one story about how they were a nightmare, and like it's like enough said. Nobody right. nobody wants to work with like talent that's a nightmare unless mm-hmm. they're like you know somebody who's got like Cumberbatch type skills <laughs> right like that I mean Cumberbatch right. he could do anything and I would put him in something right. I mean, like he could be a total he could insult my mother and I'd be like that's cum- hilarious Benedict <laughs> a Cumberbatch or a, or a Clooney or somebody like yeah, that exactly. yeah exactly someone that makes it worth it but yeah yeah yeah. I know I'm rambling I'm sorry no I no mean, it's fine this is it's a conversation it's, this it's, is my third donut hey alright alright little sugar <laughs> buzz going on there they got yep. the coffee and the, and the donut yeah yep, yep. Um, well I I've, I I think that your um, your elements of your physicality really lend really well to the cosplay thing and the superhero genre, oh, and, and I always you. like seeing all that work that you've done. How, when thank did you when did you start like getting into cosplay and 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 all that? Sure. Um, interestingly enough, um, like I've always been a comic book fan. Like it primarily, clearly, yes, clearly, primarily the Batman universe. I mean, like I'm talking about since I was six. Oh yeah, yeah. like reading uh. like. Batman oh, tattoo. Yeah. Nice animated yeah. series yeah. too. Got Very this nice. the summer before the first episode aired. Wow! Well, you just knew, huh? Well, there was a DC Comics put out a gallery uh, issue uh-huh. that had artwork and it had the logo, just the one Beautiful. shot from the closing credit sequence. Yeah, it had that in the back I, as a prelim nice. to animated series coming out that fall on Fox. And so I went and got this. This is my first tattoo. I got this slapped Holy on me crap. in 1990 or whenever. That, that was a good gamble. Yeah, it was a good gamble. Good gamble. It's faded and it's horrible and I just... But so is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not that animated series. That holds up. It. That holds oh up. Oh, my God. Conroy and, Conroy and Hamill are the two best Batman Joker Absolutely. of anyone ever. Of anybody. Yeah. Um, that, I would say, Batman the Animated Series informed everything in my life my 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 sense of narrative that that show did not dumb down its its plot no. li- plot lines never. because it was for a kid never the only thing yeah. that they wouldn't do is they wouldn't show blood which is why yeah. they they wanted to do that kind of batman versus dracula red rain kind of storyline yeah. and they actually made one but they had to make it into a, a direct to video because fox wouldn't allow them to show blood during kid hours That's in insane. the cartoon i remember during a, when a 
uh, Mask of the Phantasm, that mm-hmm. first movie yes, came out, yes. and he's got like a line of blood like, yeah. that comes out of his yeah, mouth. When he punches him, the, the teeth's missing, and he's got the blood. I flipped yeah. out. Yeah, or when he like holds his hands up, and he's got blood on his gloves, I and on like, his gauntlets, and he's like, going in and out of consciousness. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Um, but the animated series was where it all started. I, I started watching... Uh, I watched that. I read all the Batman comic books. I started collecting. Like, it just... All my money has gone towards Batman, basically, oh, yeah. my entire life. And then um, went to uh, Comic-Con back when it was not a popular thing. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Just for, like, well over a decade, it was my... I would have enjoyed friend. Comic-Con back then. I oh, can't go now. Fantastic. I can't go now. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was so filled with love and, like, just... And people didn't judge each other's terrible costumes, mm-hmm. to be honest, because mm-hmm. the, the bar was way low back then. Mm-hmm. So we would just wear whatever. I mean, it's it, it's been ratcheted up like crazy. Um and so as soon as I was getting money and, like, cosplaying was becoming a thing, I was – that was around the time that Cassandra Kane Batgirl was a thing. First first person of color officially in the uh, yeah. nuclear bat family, yeah. right? Yeah. And she's Asian. It's like the universe was giving me a present. Nice. I That's was like, great. holy crap, I love her. And, you know, her story was so dark. And it was such a – it was the perfect Batgirl you know, not a kitschy Batgirl, but it was the perfect, dark, gritty Batgirl who was of color for, like, um, that period in my life. Like, she was everything that I, I not aspired to be. You don't want to aspire to be Batgirl. Cassandra Cain, she, she's got some shit That's a rough life. With. That's a rough That's, life. But she was, she was everything that, like, resonated with me at the time. So, um put that costume together, and it's just kind of went through improvements. I dated a guy who was, like, a... Um, prop maker like costumer and so mm-hmm. he made drastic improvements to that costume so i think i'm on like mock three or four now when it comes to like um my uh my my batgirl costumes um but that's that's pretty much it's the batman universe that got me into cosplay and then street fighter oh yeah i did some street fighter yeah. cosplay made a street fighter fan film that got crazy so i really owe oh being on the map to fandom right like my little homages to to things that i love and putting them on youtube when when things were a little bit more organic in terms of people being sure. able to find stuff now sure. it's all curated yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. only go viral like there's a lot of marketing behind going viral mm-hmm, these days mm-hmm. and so, but anywho. Yeah, there's not too many viral accidents happening. I mean, but yeah. everybody's just like, make a viral video. It's like, well, how do you do that? You can't control yeah. what people are going to, what's going to set the fire to the imagination of yeah. the populace. But, and fan films, too, yeah. are really starting to not go viral. Right. Like, there was a, a while when they were, there was a time when, like, fan films were all the, where it was, if you could make a good, high-quality fan film, like, it was not a sure thing, but it was pretty, mm-hmm. the fan community banded together pretty well to, to promote like well-made fan films and nowadays um not so much yeah i don't yeah. know yeah it used to be that, that that was just kind of a, an acceptable part of especially with the burgeoning internet that that was the, yeah. the the burgeoning web that was kind of part of the whole overall experience from the the source the parent company or the you know the mm-hmm. corporate end of things was like you know this is only going to serve Somebody got to uh, realize that this is only going to serve the greater good, mm-hmm. and then now it's also then. But then, the next step is always once this thing is de- deemed good, mm-hmm. how do we monetize it? And then that right. takes all the money back out of the fans' right. hands again, too. Yep. Yep. Right back into the big corporate coffer. Yeah. Just it's a uh, it's a sad state of things. I'm <clears throat> I'm trying really. Um, I'm going to be a fan forever oh, in yeah. terms of you know. I mean, you just can't. You can't not, like, if you're just somebody who obsesses over pop culture things, like, at a, a level that nobody, that most people do not, right? Mm-hmm. That's just in your blood, right? But yeah. but when it comes to, like, my 
my creation and my business ventures or my career, my entertainment um, goals and stuff, I'm starting slowly to kind of inch away from the fan world, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it's it's become an interesting beast with a lot of um, posers, a oh, lot yeah, a lot yeah. of leeches, and a lot of people who who don't have the heart for what they're where they're right. trying to. That's one of the things that, that again, not to shamelessly flatter you, but that's one of the things that's always shown through in all your work is is the true heartbeat of a nerd underneath oh, all of it. Thank you. That, that that you this is definitely something that's like in your lifeblood. It's not mm-hmm. it's not just a job. It's not just an affectation. It's not just a oh hey I'm a chick with a hot bod so I'm going to be a superhero because oh, it's Lord. trendy. <laughs> you were doing this before all the Marvel movies were a thing. Like I said, you and I've been Facebook friends for a long time yeah. through friends. Of friends yeah, yeah. and um, I mean you added me on face you added me on Facebook like after that one time we met at ground control and this was back when it was at Jules catch one so this has yeah. got to be five or six years ago wow and so and I was just like oh, oh okay and then so I just <laughs> always followed your your stuff and oh, and and enjoyed it but the the true nerdiness of you and who you are comes shows through your work because everybody oh, has a bullshit you. filter, especially nerds. Yeah. We can tell the difference when people are there's yep. these there's these two guys. I go to Gallifrey one every year. I'm a big Doctor Who fan, mm-hmm. and so um, I go to Gallifrey one every year. And there's these two really gorgeous, bow hunky, six foot two guys. Oh. One of them's dressed like Captain Jack, uh-huh. and one of them's dressed like. The guy that the the other time agent guy that Captain Jack that was played by the guy who plays uh, um, Spike on Buffy played okay. in the TV show, he, they dress up like those characters, um, and then they'll they'll pose together and somebody will go make out and they're like oh come <laughs> on guys this is a this is a this is a costume not a lifestyle and you're like fuck you you're not Dude, you're not it's like and it, it's not like we're trying to you know get them to go outside of their comfort zone yeah. but they're clearly just for act, the attention just actor types yeah. throwing on really expensive costumes yeah. and just parading around yeah. getting fan attention sure. and getting pictures on the internet they're not people who are really nerdy they don't know that much about the show they don't and so you can you can yeah. tell the difference yeah. and and the thing is you know it's a free country and and anyone's really sure. really able to do whatever they want and, and not be huge fans of something is it, it's all it's all gravy this is it's america it's all gravy but it's like it makes the playground a lot harder to navigate mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like if you're if you're somebody that wants to stay true to something, uh, and, you know, and you're and you're watching somebody else who's like, you know, really deviating from something that's passionate, and, the, and they're getting more attention, then you're like, well, maybe I should really slut up my costume, you oh, know, like right. you're like just because. And then when you start, when your brain starts doing stuff like that, you're like, now I'm not really doing it for the reasons I would respect anymore. Mm-hmm. So for, personally, so I, so it's just time to get out of the game. Right. And I'm not ever going to be out of the game, but like when it comes to cosplay. I know I don't have my god that bar is so high now. Oh yeah, you know and like and the 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 ladies, the ladies, the ladies oh. are getting really oh, yeah. really attractive in the cosplay world, and I am really I like I love admiring their bodies and stuff. They look great. I'm you know, a fan of beauty in general, but I'm also somebody that's like realistic about like I'm never gonna never gonna look like that. So right. <laughs> I'm just gonna take a step back, right. become a fan of fans. But I have to say, you're one of the people that I consider who's been one of the people who has set that bar that high. Oh, my God. I'm serious. Come on now. I'm (laughs) serious. No, I'm not not trying to blow smoke. I really, 
the, 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 you know, I, I was really happy to find that you have you have a project now that you wanted to talk about, and just to have you on, and oh. because I have admired your work for a long time, Thank and you. and the stuff that I've seen, like I said, you your costume and 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 the way that you carry yourself, the the commitment that you make to your physicality as well as that heartbeat. But that is what sets the bar so high. It's not oh. just the. It's not just the. Oh, you know, I can spend a thousand dollars on my costume. It's 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 all of that that sets the bar higher. It's not just the the how big your boobs are or whatever like that. It's 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 that authenticity, and I'm you have a flattered. you have an an element an element of authenticity to you Thank that you. shines through. That that Thank it's you. evident. Thank you. Like, You're not, not blushing. <laughs> you guys can probably hear me blushing. Yeah, you can hear. I can feel the heat off the blush <laughs> across the table. Thank um, you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what What other kinds of um, non-superhero or non-fan genre type work have you done? Well, it's, it's funny. I did, um, I, I did a feature film, um, a horror film. I'm not that big of a horror uh, a fan of the horror genre anymore though mm-hmm. it was like a really big phase of mine it was around the time that The Ring mm. and like Asian horror was when all the J-horror and K-horror stuff Precisely. was kind of being Americanized yeah, and done for American audience which yeah. The Ring really was pretty good oh, the American so good. Ring was really good I mean, I've seen Ringo and I'm not a big huge horror f- nerd like mm-hmm. a lot of other people as much as other people are. I enjoy it, but I'm not a big fan of the kind of American PG-13 made for teenagers. I like grittier, dirtier, yeah. ra- rated R, you know, yeah. um, you know, kind of uh, you know, a 70s, 80s style. Sure. Um, I like that. Um, but I also like the more psychological stuff, but that that's the thing I like about the the J horror and K horror is and I was just talking about this on the last podcast is the difference between how the Asian world mm-hmm. sees horror yeah. and the Western world, especially the American world, but how Western Europe is set apart from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Asian world about things that you can and can't do, right. who's going to die, yeah. you know, what type of person is going to die, whether it's male or female or person of color or not, or, yeah. or what kind of, what kind of person that character is, if they're a slutty character or yeah. a reprehensible character or good or bad, and whereas within the K horror J horror genre, it's much more indiscriminate. Oh, there's absolutely. not this. Yeah. There's not this um, uh, uh, nitpicking of 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 a person's character. It's sure. just a person, yeah. and they they're going to experience what they experience. That's, that's true horror, you know, because life isn't fair. No, and you know, you don't get. It's not just the jock or the bully or you know the slut or whatever that that gets the axe or you know the knife or what it have be you. The completely, totally innocent bystander or the complete, total yeah. angel saint or the person, mother or the mother guy kids, or the baby, the or kid the baby. or whatever. Right. Um. And and the ring. The reason why it made such a huge impact on me was I was not a fan of like. Asian horror when I, you know, when I made the horror film later, it was a different story, but, um, which by the way is called The Evil Inside and you can get it on, uh, Netflix. No, oh, cool. No, no. The Evil Inside on no, Netflix? No, actually, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore right now because it, it comes and goes. I think it's, uh, it was on Hulu, but you could get it on like Amazon, you can get it on Google Play, it's rentable. What, what year was it? Um, 2012, I want to say. Okay. 2013. The Evil Within. The Evil Inside. Oh, The Evil Inside. The evil, evil Within, inside. good video game. Oh. <laughs> get that too yeah. while you're at it. Um, but uh, but what really struck me about, um, man, I usually don't do that douchey plug thing. I felt like that was right, though, when I just did it now. It felt good. 
No, that's good. No, no, you're welcome to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I did ask you what else have you done. That's so right. um, I did have a question that led into that. So it's totally okay. Safe space, safe space, safe space. The evil inside. I, I wrote. Um, I wrote the screenplay. I got the investors. I produced it, and so that was. And I wrote the songs that are in it. Wow. I mean, not the the um, score, but like there are some songs that are featured in it, like pop tracks that are mm-hmm. in the background during party scenes and stuff. Wow. So I mean, that's just kind of what you. So have your to name's do. all over that sucker. It's what you have to do when your budget's limited. That's great. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm in person, many hats, right? Yeah. Right. So. But um, with The Ring, what really struck me was I watched the American version first, right? I hadn't watched any real Asian horror other than Yeah, outside I, well, I saw the American classes. one too. Yeah. And it, first. what was amazing about it to me was um, your, your typical American horror film, especially when it deals with the supernatural, right? Is the, the trajectory is you experience some kind of haunting. You, f- you get to the bottom of why the haunting is happening. Who was wronged? Mm-hmm. Why is that spirit angry? What's going to appease them, right? And inevitably, at the, you know, the, the very last minute, you do the thing that makes the spirit happy and it goes away, right? Not in the ring. Not in the ring. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly what was amazing was the, the American ring, which, you know, kind of followed the Japanese ring. I mean, it did, but um, the Japanese one had some very distinct di- differences. But in the American one, it's like it goes through all the steps. She freaking like they. She ends up in the well. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you yeah. haven't seen, it. <laughs> if you haven't up, seen it by now. Yeah, yeah. She, we don't do spoiler <laughs> culture here, so yeah. yeah. She, she, Spoil away. She's at the end. You know, at the end, she's retrieved the body of this poor little girl. Like you, she would think, found the skeleton. She she's found doing the, the skeleton. Thing, right? the, the, the girl probably the girl now finally has. You know, she's got retribution Her peace and all. Right, right. Nah, fuck y'all. Nope. Nah, no. No. Look, that bitch goes after the woman's boyfriend. He's dead. He's coming after you next. Holy crap! Black screen. You're just in theater, going like, "What? What? What? But she, but she did the, but she got what? the, and then she, but." Um, it's like the uh, what, what was the uh, the Sam Raimi movie um, uh, in Hell. At the end, you know, they oh, drag me, drag me, drag to me to hell, drag me I, to hell. It's gonna drag. This yeah. sounds like this sounds bonkers, but I'm in it. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm in the diner scene. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was cool. really cool. Well, that was another one that that was supposed to. Yeah. They did the thing. They did the ritual. They did the thing to make it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Fuck you. Nope. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun to have a movie that's like no fucking. And yeah. that's the thing that sets movies like that apart because. Yeah. Um, you know, or like you know, actually, there's there's old there's there's some precedents for that, like the original mm-hmm. uh, Carrie. It's not in the Stephen King story, but in the film Carrie with the uh, uh, Sissy Spacek, yeah. she goes and you know, or I guess yeah. she's having a dream where she goes and she gets yeah. you know pulled down into the you know by the by, by Carrie's grave or whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. so there's I like the no fuck you ending. Yeah, yeah. it's very Twilight Zone. It's very like nice yeah. try, asshole. You yeah. know, <laughs> but like Asian horror films certainly, um, you know, whereas you had those good little um, like exceptions right to, to those rules and stuff before throughout American cinema um, Asian horror really kind of set like reset the rules a little sure, bit sure sure and, uh, and made it so that everything goes and, and that was nice so um, I forget why oh because we were talking about other stuff I've done and, and yeah so that so that horror film was not necessarily nerdy it was just like a le- like a really legitimate original like just a straight like a just a just went for the entertainment thing mm-hmm just right. did that. Um, although what's funny is it had people in it that were um, actors in it that uh, I originally knew because they uh, 
were in my Street Fighter High fan film. <laughs> so there's the nerd tie-in. Is, cool. is that connection is, you know, if if you're in LA and you're floating around and like your dumb friend asks you to be in a dumb fan video, do it because you don't know it next year she it, might it could lead to something. He or she might be doing a feature film. So um, LA is so weird. It's so weird. Um, my music. Um, the the album that I released two years ago was all like nerd music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So that was straight. It was I did like a Batman homage song. I did like a song that was called Space Cowboy, which was just like an homage to space cowboys throughout. Like you know, it's got Han Solo and Mal Reynolds like references throughout and stuff like that. Um, what was that album called? It was called Jennifer Zhang Versus. Oh, okay. Like like VS. Yeah, VS. Mm-hmm. Cool. Which I'll give you a copy here in a oh, sec. Oh, thank you. I brought one because yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my new album that's coming out um, kind of in the same vein as the other stuff that I'm doing now is like a eh, slight deviation or departure from nerd stuff. It's just like a straight EDM EDM album cool. where, where the subject matter is, is not really pop culture stuff. It's just love. Yeah. It's just plain old boring love. I like the uh, the video you posted. I, I think it was on Facebook of you uh, singing along with one of your just, just you singing into the camera. Oh, oh, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a karaoke program yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a karaoke app on your phone. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so, it, plays the, so it, it plays the track, and then you just sing along with it, and then it's recording you, so you're doing it. I need yeah. to do that, because now the ground control is oh. closed. I need my own. I need a karaoke oh. uh, uh, avenue for that. Yeah. You'll love this, because the, the thing about this app, and they're not even paying us, and we're going to plug them. What is it? It's called Sing It. Sing It. And the, the uh, app is uh, made by a company called Smule. Mm-hmm. And when you add friends, like you would do with any social media like if you and I added each other I could record one half of a duet hit invite you get the split screen ah! of just of just me, <laughs> oh my God, and then you record great. your part, and then it makes it into one video. Oh my God, that sounds great! Yeah, so you could just go crazy inviting all your friends on Smule to duet with you, and they at their leisure will like record their part, and then you have like. Oh a my whole... God, as if I don't, ha- as if I didn't already have <laughs> no time whatsoever on my hands for anything I want to do except yeah. for podcasting and home stuff. Oh my God, now, now I, need, I need this thing. Yes. So how's the, how's the music catalog on there? Is it pretty pretty extensive? It's very extensive. Very extensive. Okay. You find every song. Oh wow! I've, I'm finding Doctor Horrible songs on there. Oh wow! Because wow, yeah. wow. so. you know me, at Ground Control. I want to sing all the Bauhaus and all the old you know stuff. <laughs> Actually, I, lately I've been much more about singing girl songs. You know, I've sang Portishead and, and nice. I've done like. Um, what was it? Oh, I've been really, really wanting to find a karaoke version of Is It a Crime by Charday because I feel like oh. I could just knock that out of the park. I I feel that. I, I feel that is true. <laughs> I've searched my feelings and I know that's true. I'm a bit of a girl. That's, that's all right. You know, no. So. No, it takes a real man oh, well. to be kind of a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, there's been a lot of chatter like that lately about, about what it means to be a man, especially given like... The roster of icons who left us last year, Bowie mm-hmm. and Prince and George yeah. Michael, and these are men who were very, very popular and very yeah. beloved, who constantly yeah. changed or, or subverted or, or challenged the idea of what it means to be masculine, Absolutely. what it means to be a man. Are they playing Led Zeppelin? <laughs> they are. They're <laughs> they totally are. playing Led Zeppelin. <laughs> You need fool it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um. 
Hi everyone, just wanted to take a moment to talk about our sponsor. This episode of the Something Something Experience is brought to you by WhedonCon, a charity and sci-fi fantasy gathering celebrating the works of Joss Whedon. Created by the fans and for the fans, WhedonCon 2017 will take place the weekend of May 19th through the 21st in Los Angeles and will celebrate the 20th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In honor of the late Ron Glass, all proceeds from this year's convention will go to the Al Wooten Jr. Heritage Center to fund after-school and summer programs for low-income families. Get your single-day or full-weekend tickets on sale now at WhedonCon.com. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. But, uh, no, so I gotta yeah. check out that Sing It by Smule. All right, yeah, all right, I'll yeah. put a link up for that, too. I Bo- gotta join Bowie's, that. Bowie's um, passing was certainly devastating. Oh, God, it was just... I, I, did, I did a full two... Two full two-hour episodes... With a bit, with two different groups of people, nice. just talking about Bowie last January. Wow, nice. I mean, it was like oh, I would have loved it. To was that you can go back and listen. It's 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 and I I put it out there on Facebook about anybody who wanted to be at the th- on the in the episodes. But nice. yeah, just the impact of his departure. Yeah. Was just so that one hurt so bad, so hurt so yeah. bad, and then Prince right after that, and Ugh. then and just everybody else last year. Precisely, just something about last year, 2016, from January to December. I mean, Carrie Fisher and and uh, Debbie Reynolds at the end, and you know and Leonard yeah. Cohen and Gary Shandling and Kevin Meany, and just all these people that spoke to me so much throughout my formative years and spoke to my pop culture nerd sensibilities of, yeah. and and so iconic yeah. and and just. Yeah. Gone, 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 gone. And there's never been a... I went back and looked. 2015, 2014, 2013. I went back and looked. And I've been looking at, like, this year. And, yeah, Mary Tyler Moore and a couple people have died mm-hmm. this year so far. But nothing on the scale 2016. 2016 yeah. was just Brutal. unprecedented. Yep. Unprecedented. Yep. Absolutely. Don't know what it is. Just one of those things. And, you know, Bowie... What was great about Bowie... About all the people that you talked about, all the other musicians in particular, is, um, you know, I, I feel like... They were always so so sexy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you could you could be androgynous and and it won't hurt your chances with the ladies and won't hurt like whether or not you can get play, right? And I feel like what masculinity is really defined by a lot is um, guys get real like guys are trying to constantly figure out what women will uh, what will get women to want to sleep with them, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like you could probably chart. A pretty clear uh, graph here, where you have, um, you, you know, the guys that uh, girls are falling head over heels for right now. Tom Hiddleston, oh yeah, Cumberbatch. These are not your most macho no, guys. They're not. They're, they're really not. not. They're not like you know. It's not. Every, not everybody is a Chris Hemsworth fan, like right, right. They, or a uh, Chris Evans fan. Like right. it's, I, I would argue that Cumberbatch and Hiddleston are getting like way more attention than those guys are. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think. As you see more of that, and you see as as women become more vocal about liking those kinds of guys, you're gonna see more and more men who are not traditionally macho right. um, being more and more brave about right. being who they are because sure. it's not going to result in like them not being able to procreate. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, it works. It works yeah. out. I mean, it works out for me. I've always been one of those guys who who kind of 
you're not you're not particularly feminine. Like you're, you're playing. If people have not seen you because this is a podcast, well, you're, you're I mean, it sound I, like yeah, I have facial hair, but I have long hair, and I, <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm wearing a velvet scrunchie on my arm that I've used <laughs> for my hair. So I mean, I don't because I'm trapped in 1994. But um, but you know, I don't. I've never made any case for me being a, a macho, you know, kind of ma- hyper-masculine kind of guy. I've just never, I've always kind of shunned that. I was never a jock. I would never was rough and tumble, never liked fighting. I can't watch boxing or, or blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I'm much more just like, I'm a bit of a girly guy, and I always kind of have been. And I mean, I mean, for the most part, usually my nails are painted, and, you know, I'm not opposed <laughs> to wearing makeup or a skirt out to a club or whatever, but, you know, I wouldn't really call myself trans by any, by any stretch or, or identifying, um, or even like, cross-dressing as a lifestyle but I'm not opposed to well it's like Iggy Pop said you know I don't find any shame in being dressed like a woman because I don't find any shame in in what it means to be a woman so I don't find shame in women so but yeah I mean so it's one of those things that that even when I was a little little kid, I got got teased for sitting cross-legged or or playing with the girl playing jacks and Chinese jump rope with the girls rather than out playing soccer or, or football with the boys, you know. And um, you know, and I and when when I was even younger than that, I was going and playing Barbie dolls with the girl up the street sometimes uh, when I wasn't playing GI Joes with the with the guys across the street from me. So you know, it was one of those things where I just never minded flowing in and out of all those gender roles and and didn't care about what people thought about it. I'm just me. I'm just who I am. So That's great. it's just whatever bees whatever bees whatever feels comfortable. Nah, so. it's whatever bees comfortable. Whatever bees comfortable. You know, how it be. <laughs> bees. What's up bees? <laughs> bees. Um So yeah, I mean, you know, I've been told that I don't like I'm kind of like a like a like a mensch or like a really good upright standing person in that way I'm very masculine but but not necessarily like in the macho sense sure. or the I, I can you know, tell you're chivalrous well, for example yeah, yeah. right yeah. try yeah. to be which I, I, I think is a really good marker of a man I'll hold um, a, I'll hold the door for a lady if she wants me to mm-hmm. if she wants to open that door herself she can open that door herself but <laughs> I'll also good. hold the door for a man too good so, answer so. I, I'm always holding doors open for men yeah there you yeah, go it's there you go very confusing <laughs> I have a thing wherever whenever a, a, a woman holds a door open for me it's like you're such a gentleman <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm, I, that would make me laugh if that happened. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but, you know, I, I probably have parallel struggles um, with you. Like I've I've been very masculine mm-hmm, most of my life, mm-hmm. right? And well, then, you're athletic. Well, yeah, I'm I'm more athletic now than I've ever been ever. But I've always done martial arts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you know, and now the I mean the whole fitness thing. I didn't want to make it sound like I was a meathead right at the top of the show. I didn't realize we were we were like <laughs> with recording. the jogging, the running. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um. But uh, that that really just comes from the fact that uh, I'm single for the first time in a very long time, and I was like, I've always wanted to look like a superhero, always my yeah. entire life, and like now I have the time, so I put it into working out and stuff, and it was amazing. Like when you really dedicate yourself to something, how quickly things, get, how quickly you get results. Like if you really live the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I did that in like six months. I changed my entire body, but um, I've always wanted to. Right? Sure, sure. So and that comes from comic books. Oh yeah. Right, and and from being like a comic book nerd as a kid, and like I. Remember remember in uh, elementary school, like, all the girls would just make fun of me all the time. Jennifer wants to be a boy. Jennifer wants to be a boy. Oh, Jennifer's yeah. a wiener. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I just played with the boys all the time. Through high school, hung out with the boys. Didn't really have female friends. 
Um, yeah, all my friends were always women. I have always gravitated toward toward girls, women, and, yeah. uh, in terms of like real bonding friendships. Yeah. I don't have a lot of guy friends. Yeah. I just never have. And so much of it is dictated by like interests too. You know, like if you happen to be interested in like you know Barbie dolls and stuff, and it just happens so happens that girls are the ones that play Barbie doll, play with Barbie dolls. I mean, should that restrict you from playing with right. them? Right. For me, it was just playing, playing whatever, just playing yeah. pretend and whatever. And, yeah. and you know, I saw, I, I grew up in the 70s and I, I watched Batman on TV and the Bionic Man. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I wanted to be, when I was a kid, I didn't have the wherewithal to have it. I did play, Bat, you know, had one of the grocery store Batman costumes um, with the plastic mask that you stick your tongue through and destroy it and <laughs> cut your tongue. Um, but, uh, you know, and I had that, but, but then after the mask was destroyed and I'm, what I'm going to play the rest of the year, I would play, um, I'd play Robin. I put a towel around, a safety pin, a towel around my neck and part my hair a certain way. And I had a little domino mask and I would Aww. be Robin, you know, and, yeah. and stuff. But, but then, you know, I watched Wonder Woman when I was a kid and, nice. and watched, uh, uh, you know, there were other things that, that, there were things that, that I watched that I didn't really consider to be... Like, I watched a lot of British TV as a kid, a lot of comedy, but I also watched Doctor Who back in the 70s, and that was very, very not, you know, archetypical ar- archetypal American hero, male, masculine hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched a lot of the other shows that were on primetime, and I watched mm-hmm. Batman and a lot of the, you know, white male action hero type shows, mm-hmm. but... None of them really resonated with me the way that Doctor Who did because the more cerebral, type right? Character. Doctor Who was a cerebral hero, time traveler, and intellectual. And as Greg uh, Craig Ferguson said, it's it's Doctor Who is all about the triumph of romance and uh, intelligence over brute force and cynicism. Huh. It's it's Beautiful. that triumph of of that over you know one over the other, mm-hmm. and and that's what the show's about in in an essence. And I've always gravitated toward that. That yeah. my dad taught me at a really young age that, that violence doesn't solve anything. There's ways around your problems other than using your fists. Use your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, use your ability to ingratiate yourself to people in order to uh, solve problems. You know, and that's what I've always tried to do. And I admire that. And it's kind of funny in another universe, you and I are arch nemeses <laughs> because I always <laughs> no right because I believe in like you know violence. Is necessary sometimes. Yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> um, sure. Especially against people who are using violence for for um, you know you got to have your fighters on on either side. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh yeah, of course. I'm a meathead. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just a dumb jock at this point. <laughs> um, so talk about your uh, your album coming out. Oh sure. Um, so in a little more in depth. Okay, so. It's called emotion, mm-hmm. and um, you know everything. All about love. It's all about love. Everything, everything ties back to my lifetime of being a huge fucking nerd, right? Right. Um, the uh, I've I've been a big. I guess the thing that I haven't really mentioned yet in all this nerddom is my huge video gaming background. Oh right? sure, sure. A couple uh, about a year ago now, um, I've left the job since, but I, I was the. Um, uh, head of network programming at Twin Galaxies Live, okay. which was formerly Elite Lounge Live, which is just an online gaming network, twenty four seven. It was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've been a big video gamer all my life, um, and through that endeavor, 
um, through through that whole world, met a lot of really cool people because you'll find that video gamers are very intelligent. They have to be. Mm-hmm. Their form of entertainment is immersive and you know and and requires so much hand-eye coordination and a lot of problem solving, right? So you're gonna meet if you ever get into vid- if you're not a video gamer out there and you ever decide to get into the gaming world, you're gonna meet some really interesting people. And one such person that I met was a guy named Fanatic. Um, Fanatic was a is a professional video game player. He sets a record for a I think he won the biggest um, money match ever for Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, and he was, like, team captain on Team AGE, which was PDP, the headphone company. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was their professional gaming team. Ah. Um, and I met him through that job, and we've been friends ever since. And he, it turns out, on top of all his video gaming skill that just translates over into, like, really good technical skill, and mm-hmm. he has, like, a lot of artistry in his family, a really musical family, he's an amazing music producer. Yeah. And he and I teamed up on this project um so he's producing the uh he produced uh four out of the five tracks on the album um and had and sent me those tracks and had me write the music uh, write the uh, I, I guess i should try to disambiguate for people who may not be too familiar with like how music works and stuff but a music producer will do like the beat right and the, the back the beat and the backing track mm-hmm. right and and it happens in a whole bunch of different ways but then you have like writers who um songwriters who write what we know as the top line which mm-hmm. is the melody and the lyrics right um, so that's why when you're talking about like how a song is created, you've got your writers, you've got your producers, there's just a lot of different elements, and they're not always the same person. Right, so right. in this case, the way our album worked out was Fanatic produced the tracks, and then I wrote the melodies and the lyrics mm-hmm. for most of the songs. Um, and there's through line, him and I were kind of going through the same thing emotionally, um, not with each other, but with other people in our lives. There's just a lot of heartache, you know, a lot of... Um, unrequited attraction Mm. um, to certain parties, a a lot of confusion about uh, what love is and and whether or not love is um, deserved or or whether or what is love? Where's the line? You know, what is yeah. lust and what is love? Right. Just a lot of the, the stuff that everybody deals with. Sure, right? sure. Him and I happen to be going through a lot of the same kinds of feelings at the same time, um, directed towards different parties in our lives. Right. So these songs, I think, uh, represent an interesting confluence of those emotions. Like, there's a story that's told through the album. It's five tracks, and it follows this particular narrative of somebody who is intensely attracted to somebody thinks they have a chance and you kind of just watch that hope die oh yeah <laughs> right yeah and and that's what the album is and it, it kind of resolves on um the fifth track which is not a total death right the fifth track of the album um whereas the first track is like really the the emotion behind it and the intent is i've beheld this beautiful creature and i'm intensely attracted to this person mm-hmm. and and um and the time is not right but it's coming oh yeah right? and when and when you know, this happens, it's going to be, uh, at least, it's going to be fun at the very least, right? And then track two, which is called Collide, which is going to be the first single off of the album, is this playful thing, this playful track about, you know, this, the, the narrator of this track, um, you know, doing, doing the dance, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. how do we get this going? Right. It's time to go. How right. do we get this going? Track three is like, oh, it's not going to happen. Mm. Oh my God, it's not going to happen. And, and I've hung so much hope on this happening. And then track four is, like, just really down in the dumps, like, my God, what do I do now? Yeah. Right? And then track five is, you know what? Maybe Time to dust yourself that. off and yeah. go find someone else. And maybe not someone else. Maybe it's this person still, you know? But it's just, like, this whole, like, it's no longer, the person's no longer in a desperate place. Mm. They're like, 
you know, if it happens, if it doesn't happen, it's fine. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not saying it's based on anybody I actually know or multiple people that I knew or, you know, it's that's kind of up to the listener to, to interpret, like, what what I was going through, what Fanatic was going through when we, when we or what Drew, the, I have another friend named Drew who wrote um, the track for one of the songs that's on the album, too. Um, and he produced the track, I should say. Um, but, you know, it's a... It's a more mature album. It's a more mature piece of art than I've ever done in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Right? And not to say the fan projects are not mature. Oh, sure. But um, but this one is very raw and it's it's very much from the heart and I and I hope people it, enjoy it. Is it more mature from like a a, a uh, benefit of a wealth of experience behind it? There's yeah. more weight to it because of Time, time, and experience—you know—an experiential absolutely uh, gravitas to it. And if you want to, complexity of 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 feelings, com- okay. complexity, complexity of emotions, of emotions and subject matter. I think that resonates with more people on a on a level that um, is a little bit deeper than like you know. Again, I'm not bashing it, but my song "Bat Suit" from my other album is about like, "Hey, Batman's hot. Who's with me?" <laughs> you know, that was that was like the beginning and the end of that message for that yeah, song, right? Yeah. Um, and then this this album is is different. There are no pop culture references in it whatsoever, but I'm I am hoping I'm counting on and hoping that the people that have enjoyed my fan work, my fandom stuff and and my cosplay stuff prior to this moment will actually get behind a project that doesn't mention Batman or <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mention Street Fighter, so. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But it's called Emotion, but spelled E M O C E A N. That's, oh, uh, yeah, this is like a sea of feelings. Sea of feelings, yeah, yeah. That's the whole spiel. This is actually the first time I've ever talked about the album. Oh, cool. So your podcast has oh, that distinction. Wow. wow. We literally just uh, mastered the tracks last week, so it's actually in the can. Cool. And so when are you hoping to release it? Well, the first first thing on the docket is going to be releasing the single to uh-huh. try to draw my interest for it. It's called uh, the single is called Collide, and it's already um, we've already done some fun things with it, fun things with it. Like we uh, lent the song to a um, a game jam. If you know what a game jam is, mm. it's like where you get a set amount of time. Like uh, uh, like a game jam organizer will will say like seventy two hours or maybe like a week um, for people who want to take that time. It's like a film festival where you may, or a um, you know, you've you've heard about people who have like twenty four hours to make a whole film. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but for video games, right? Uh, so it's like you have seventy two hours, or you have like a week to, to make a video game. game. Oh, to make, to a, make video. a video game! Oh, wow! So we lent our song "Collide" to a game jam, and some people made some salt like video games based on "Collide," which is cool. Wow! But that single is probably going to be released. But you know, by the time this podcast comes out, it's going to be out. Okay. So look it up, "Collide." Cool. By Jennifer Zhang and Fanatic. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then after that, uh, probably within a month or two after that is when the album comes out. Okay. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like what I heard so far, so that's good. Thank so, you. No. Thank you. Very it's good. EDM, which yeah. is a new genre for me. Well, yeah. EDM's always fun, but yeah. can also be serious. I mean, the, that's yeah. the thing about electronic, you know, the dance genre doesn't have to just be, you know, it can be, right. it can have uh, an emotional intelligence to it. It doesn't more necessarily just have to be, you know, music to get laid by or music yeah. to, music to try to get laid by. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, and, and more and more these days, EDM is, is the genre where there's a lot of innovative um, 
advanced stuff happening. Oh, in sure. Terms of being able to manipulate people's emotions, right? Um, and that's because of the way concerts are, like EDM concerts nowadays. Like, you used to go and watch a band, right? Yeah. Now you go and watch a DJ. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah and then, it's true. It's and, true. And the way, and, and the appeal of doing something like that is, like, not necessarily what's on stage, what the, you know, what the laser show is or what the pyrotechnics are, but it's, like, how all those elements together are are making the crowd move as one energy. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the appeal of EDM these days, is, yeah. is that that experience. It's much like a convention. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily about all the fun little, like, you know, the little vendor stands or, like, the panels. It's, like, all the, the collective... The collective picture of being there among people that all share your passion for something that's so nerdy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's the energy that you can't recreate anywhere else. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. I definitely don't feel the same anywhere else that I do when I'm at Galley. I mean, that yeah. there's there's that thing. And, and being immersed in that yeah. thing that... 30 years ago, nobody knew what it was, except yeah. for me and a couple other people that I told about it at school. But mm-hmm. And then later, you know, later on, it just exploded into this other yeah. whole different thing. Yeah. The kind of the advent of the nerd culture and, and Doctor Who came to America and comic books started being in major motion pictures and more and more. And, and yeah. I, I, sh- I shared the, the, another thing with you. You and I have a, a tremendous amount in common in that... Um, uh, one of the other elements is is the the, the choice of DC universe and specifically mm. Batman. Batman was yeah. the character I gravitated toward, you know, uh, a lot as a kid, and then into my especially into my uh, late teens and early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I never I mean yeah I watched some Spider Man and read the Spider Man comic in the newspaper and that kind of thing, but I never collected any any Marvel comics at all, mm-hmm. other yeah. than some of the Star early Star Wars stuff from the late seventies, sure. but. Uh, but the Batman comics, that that was the thing that, that really, that I kept coming back to. And I always admired Batman, uh, Batman, Robin, Batgirl, Nightwing. I always admired those characters because they didn't have any superpowers. Mm-mm. They were rich people with gadgets yeah. who were on this relentless mission. And you always just kind of yeah. realize that if, if Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne had gotten some decent therapy, there'd be no Batman. Right. I mean, I would almost argue, um, I mean, I would, t- t- I would support what you just said by... They're almost they they don't have any superpowers and they're actually more they have more hindrances than your average person too. Yeah, like a lot they're of they're fucked up, really people. fucked up people. Um, so they have a lot more to work through to do what they do than your your average Gotham citizen yeah. or Bloodhaven citizen or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is what makes them so intriguing. Right, agreed, which is, agreed. You know, because you know, Superman's just a Boy Scout. You know, he's got sure. superpowers. Huh? He can do anything. He could, yeah. you know, he could send, turn back time by flying around the Earth really fast, you know, or right, whatever. Exactly. But, but Batman, he's he's got limitations. Yeah, and and yeah, he sure he's one of rich. the one of the he's rich. He's you know he's a billionaire. One, two. Yes, he's. Uh, uh, but because of that, has had the benefit of being able to travel the world and become one of the top five hand-to-hand combat specialists on the planet, yeah. along with Lady Shiva and yeah. the Question, and you know a couple other people. Yeah. But other than that, he's got his own demons that he's constantly having yeah. to battle, and he's also doesn't have any superpowers. And gadgets will only get you so far. And and yeah. he always, if you look at all, especially the Denny O'Neill comics from the seventies and eighties. He had to use his... It was brain power. It was all about brain power. It was all all about deduction and and the process and and all of that. Whereas everybody else can just... Superman can look through the wall and see the bank robber robbing the bank. Or can, you know, hear hear somebody screaming from, you know, miles away or, or, or whatever. Or 
you know, and so he didn't have that benefit. He had to rely on on metal, on on his own, you and know, flesh and blood. Basically. And it's so much worse. It's so much worse to to have that particular because it's not. It, that's not a superpower. That's that's horrible. If you have to be able to defeat your enemies by being able to think as fucked up as they are, yeah. like as they think. Yeah. I mean, just think about how all the dark places that Batman needs to go to solve the cases that he needs to solve. Right, sure. He needs to be able to think like the Joker. He needs to be able to think like, you know, the Riddler. He needs to think about, you know, Mr. Zaz, whatever. He needs to go to all those fucking dark places. He has all of those villains inside his head. Inside his head, Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. He is, he has to assume their mentality right. and their psychology. Well, it's just like Horrible. an, an FBI profiler. Yeah. You know, has to be able to think like this serial killer. Yeah. And, yeah. And don't and, envy and, him. And has to, no. No, yeah. don't envy he, him. He's, envy he's him. got... He's a tortured tortured fucker. How the hell does that guy have sex? How <laughs> with all that yeah. shit, With all that shit going through your brain all the time, how do you ever get in the mood to do anything fun? How does he go to Disneyland? He can't. No. no Batman can never no. go to Disneyland. No. no. <laughs> He's, it's just the worst. Yeah. Poor Batman. Yeah, I don't... Uh-huh. Yeah, he's got nice abs though. So <laughs> he's got that going. That's it. <laughs> so what's out? What's out right now that you're you've been watching or listening? I mean, obviously you've been creating your own stuff, but is sure. there anything you're consuming right now in terms of yeah. uh, audio, visual, or yeah, or my um, printed print? Absolutely, my uh, the Batman thing is always going to be a constant. So I'm I am always up to date on Batman. Always. Um, I'm, you know, months may go by where I'm not reading the comics. And when I say months, I'm exaggerating. I mean, like, two months mm-hmm. before I go back and, like, buy buy everything that I miss and then just, like, binge it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. always up to speed on Batman. Um, Star Trek is the big fandom that I haven't um, yet mentioned here. Uh, huge Star Trek fan. Uh, recently started a podcast. Or I didn't start it. Um, my friend Jacqueline Lopez started it, but I'm co-hosting it with her. Um, it's called Seven of Wine, and it's a Star Trek Voyager podcast. So uh-huh. I'm deep into Star Trek stuff right now. Um, I like the new movies, but I take them for what they are, which yeah. is not necessarily. They're more Star Wars than Star Trek, let's oh, yeah, face it. Yeah. You know? yeah, a little more action, a little more pew pew than, yeah. than, than, oh, you know, we're on this mission or we, right. we're on this, this overarching kind of humanitarian mission exactly. to. to Expand and explore and, and make peace and blah blah blah. Precisely. Well, I see the, I see the, the 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 newer Star Trek films as an adjacent timeline. You know, basically as soon as that divergence happened with you know Vulcan blowing, as soon as Spock went back yeah. in time from the future, boom! That he basically created a new timeline. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams Which is big is into they, that anyway, so you know why yeah. not? So yeah, yeah, and Star Trek has always played with temporal. Sure, stuff, sure, sure. So it's if it's I I dig it. I I can accept it. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like any iteration of Batman, like the TV the TV series from the 60s is its own thing. The, yeah. the the Burton movies are their own thing. The Schumacher movies are their own thing. The yeah. Christopher Nolan movies are their own thing. And sure. the different versions of the comic book. The Dick Sprang is its own thing. The Denny O'Neill is its own thing. So, right. um, yeah. So it definitely, yeah. And that can happen anywhere. And I, I don't, I don't mind a different interpretation. Yeah, and and to know. get worked up over it, like yeah. you know, I have Star Trek. Uh, I have fans who are I mean I have fans I have friends who are Star Trek fans and they invest a lot of anger in the new movies <laughs> I'm just like I think chill it's cool they, I'm like, they don't take anything away from what's already been written and I done agree. in the Star Trek universe just like female Ghostbusters doesn't take anything away from the original precisely it's, it's a completely it can be it's own thing everyone take a chill pill yeah it's all yeah. good so Star Trek um, video games always a constant I can't wait for Injustice 2 to come out mm-hmm, of course because mm-hmm. now they've added a um 
Do you, did you play Injustice One? I did not. I did not. But you know, it's like the DC Comics fighting game. Sure, it's sure. The, and it's so many great things came out of it. I'm actually getting a headache from how like amazing Injustices because <laughs> because the Injustice uh, comic book tie-in. Oh yeah. Became its own thing, right? And and has run like this entire time. And the Injustice comics are so good. Um, but Injustice Two, the video game is about to come out. I'm so psyched about that. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just constantly a huge nerd. That's just that's just it. I mean, yeah. I can't. And you know, uh, I'll tell you the things that I'm not nerdy about um, because I feel like that's very important. Actually, it's it's important for us all to understand as a community that you don't have to be a nerd about every nerd thing to still be a nerd. For true. S- for true. some reason, people feel like, oh, you don't know about this thing. Oh, you're not a Harry Potter fan. Right. Guess you're not an actual nerd. I'm like, yeah. no, nah, but I'm I'm a nerd about a bunch of other stuff. Um, I'm. Uh, Unfortunately, not huge into Doctor Who. No, no, that's fine. I, I'm one of those people who's not precious about my fandom. Uh, I, I, well, there's, there's different things out there for everyone, and yeah. and we, if everybody was into the same thing, we'd all be fanning out about <laughs> one thing. Sure. But there's all different things, and cool. and I got into Doctor Who because other things didn't speak to me the way they did to the the, the mainstream public and sure. I found this little kind of different it's almost kind of a proto-hipstery thing of me of like oh I watched this thing on PBS that you've never heard of yeah. or and, and now everyone's and, and now everybody knows it. but no no I, I'm not precious about my fandom at all I realize that, that nothing is for everyone I'm not too old to invest that, that, that no, nerd rage energy into things I don't yeah. I just I don't the spoiler culture and then this and then that and then oh things have to be this way or that way it's just like what we talked about at the beginning is you know everything nothing is any one thing sure and then there's different perspectives and there's different viewpoints and yeah. equality across the board everybody's allowed at the table yes everybody yes. about everything absolutely and you know? so it's Doctor Who anime I'm not huge into um so those are the areas where you're going to make me look like a real idiot if you ask me questions. Oh, about well, it. No, <laughs> just basically those two, I would say. The only Doctor anime Doctor I was into, anime. I watched uh, Sandy Frank presents Battle of the Planets, which was an Americanized Gotcha Man, hmm. and Gotcha Man, and um, then uh, some Robotech and some stuff like that. But not really much beyond that. I mean, after about 1981 or two, I mean, I was, you know. I, did, I fell off. Of You're that. not a real nerd. I'm not a real nerd. <laughs> Video games wise, I've been playing uh, Lego Jurassic World and enjoying the shit out of it because every Lego game except there I didn't go. really, I didn't really resonate with Lego Star Wars three mm-hmm. and the Lego Star Wars Marvel game like crashed on me at one point. I couldn't mm. go any further. Mm-hmm. Like there's this one thing that I could not do, and That'll and so it. I couldn't get past that point in the game. So that one wasn't great for me either. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lego Jurassic World. And I've already. I also have downloaded at the same time. I downloaded um, Lego uh, Force Awakens, nice. uh, and so I've been looking forward to playing that. But um, uh, the next video game, I'm really actually uh, very excited about. I finished the second Tomb Raider movie, the uh, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. which was outstanding, just as good as the first one. I hundred percented it. Nice. Um, uh, the next thing I'm really excited about is um, the new Zelda on the Nintendo Switch. Or yeah. actually, I'm probably going to wind up buying... I don't have a Wii U yet, but I'll probably wind up either using my kid's Wii U or buying a used one just so I can play the new Zelda. Nice. Because you can't play it on a computer. All my video games I play on the computer. I'm not a console person, mm-hmm. but I'll get a Wii U just to play Zelda Were when you on, I have time. Are you on that Switch hype at all, the Nintendo Switch? I've, I've heard about it. My my kid is really excited about it. My kid's going to buy their buy her own uh, Switch. 
which um, when you know when she's got the money and it comes out, it comes back around and being available again. Mm-hmm. I saw kids out in line for it. I've heard good things about it. I watched a couple of the promo videos for it. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. I don't need to take video games on the road with me. Um, sure, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's a millennial thing. That it's, somebody said that that was all started with the the DVD player in the parents' car. That 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 <laughs> yeah. the kids who the, the people, beginning of the end, right? The beginning <laughs> of of everybody having content on demand yeah. was the kids and the oh I'm fussing oh put in put in the Lion King boom now you're watching the Lion King in the car anytime be- you want well Lion King anywhere you want anytime anyplace anywhere and that's what led to all of us having videos and everything on our phone to where we can take it with you we and have to be entertained all the time right. or else we'll die right right and that's what the Switch is all about about being able to take yeah. that game with you anywhere you go and yeah. okay but I don't yeah. When I'm out in the real world, I'm out in the real world. When I have time set aside just for gaming, I do that. You know what we had as kids? Imagination. We had imagination. <laughs> and we had boredom. We had times when we sat around yeah. and had nothing to do yeah. and were completely, utterly bored and just had to wait. And it was okay. And that was okay. And we survived. Although now I really hate waiting. But <laughs> Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't consume a lot of media on my phone. I don't, other than... Pretty much my phone is like communication and Facebook, and that's pretty yeah. much it. But occasionally I'll watch a, a, a internet clip or whatever, but I don't could watch shows on my phone. Sure. Um, sure. I listen to music on my phone, yeah. but um, and podcasts. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I'm in the car, I'm listening to a podcast or lately Boards of Canada. Um, but <laughs> um, are you um are you on that? Um, I have to stop using that terminology. It comes. To, I, I have a lot of things that I say that are from the gaming world and mm-hmm. I gotta stop. Are you on that blah 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 train? Like I say a lot. Oh that train. Are you hype about blah blah blah? You know like Oh like about stu- oh, like the, a lot the, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um are you uh, have you heard Hardcore History? I have not. Oh Dan Carlin's Hard- Hardcore History is a podcast I really really recommend. Cool. So cool. for everybody listening. Alright yeah yes. that, I'll take that as a recommendation. If you're a cerebral guy which I, I'm you know I know you are <laughs> you'll really really enjoy that. Well thank you. Um, anything else you want to recommend at all? or Oh, to people out there? No. Everyone, right. you know, I'm sure at this point, everybody knows what they like. Cool. And if they don't, my album might, might strike <laughs> your fancy. <laughs> well, we'll definitely put up all the links and, and a blog post when the album comes out and, cool. and the single. And uh, you just let us know when it's available. This will probably Wonderful. go out a few weeks from now and cool. and we'll, we'll let you know. So Thank you. Uh, so plug your stuff. Where can people find you online? All right. Um, let's see. You can find me on Instagram at... Uh, the Jennifer Zhang. You can find me on Twitter at Zangarang, uh, on Facebook at uh, Street Fighter High, like backslash Street Fighter High, or ha- sl- uh, what did I just say? Backslash um, the Jennifer Zhang. It's okay. all the Jennifer Zhang. Okay. I have to disambiguate from other Jennifer Zhang right, by, right. by putting other. a pronoun in front of it. Yeah, yeah. But the ha- sometimes Zhang. when you when when googling you, sometimes Zhang uh, uh, Ziyi will come up. She's a relative. She's a relative, actually. A relative of yours. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yes, so, uh, mm. uh, I gotta, I gotta step out from under her shadow. <laughs> no, um, and the website, the official website, is JenniferZangOfficial. Okay. Dot com. Cool. Cool. So, Thank you like very such much. A, Feel like such a douche. Well, no, it's not. No, no. I said, please plug your stuff. It's okay to. It's okay for people to seek you out. I mean, I'm I making a recommendation it. of people seek you out because oh. I, I like your work. So thank you. So, and I'll put plugs up for your movie and your album, the single, and thank all you. everything. So I, I feel like now with the the adding modeling to the repertoire, the repertoire, I've I've completed the L.A. douche vector. <laughs> that whole circle is closed now. It's like. A <laughs> Well, thanks for coming and talking to me today. Uh, it's uh, it was a delight. It was Thank a delight. you. So it's uh, it's 
been fun rocking out. Yeah, with rocking you. out with a with a background track, with yeah. a custom soundtrack we got here. So, cool. this episode is brought to you by Weedon Con 2017, May 19th through 21st at Woodland Hills Marriott. Single day or weekend tickets are on sale now at WeedonCon.com. I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. Check out our blog and listen to past episodes on something2xp.net. We are everywhere online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us, please, at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your host, Michael John Simpson. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Cesari. Please visit our website and blog at something2xp.net. You can find us online everywhere as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and like us on Facebook and Google+. This episode was brought to you by WhedonCon 2017, the weekend of May 19th through 21st in Los Angeles. For information and tickets, please visit WhedonCon.com. You can email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.